Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to deal with the rising cost of inflation to pay off your debt or your mortgage, pretty much anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Well, with Yahoo Finance, you can get access to the news, data, and tools that you need in order to help you reach that financial freedom. And when it comes to your financial future, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, you've invested all that you can. And now you need to take those investments to the next level by using what every financial great uses. Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Well, it's been a long time since I weighed in on that controversy in Ferguson, Missouri, uh, regarding the shooting of Michael Brown. You know, I spoke about it quite a bit on the radio show when the riots first occurred. And of course, I looked at the evidence. I actually weighed the evidence that we had at the time. And I and I looked at the probabilities because, remember, there was two versions of what happened. There was the policeman Darren Wilson's version which we did get through a friend of his was released and then we had what several supposed eyewitnesses claimed to have seen and of course all of the civil rights leaders or all the black protesters around the country not just in Ferguson simply believed what these eyewitnesses had said completely disregarding what uh, the officer had claimed and just accepted the diversions of these black witnesses, regardless of how improbable their version of events seemed to be. Now, at the time, I was presenting both sides and I was objectively looking at the evidence. And it was my opinion that based on probability, right, based on which version seems to be common sense, right, what made more sense, I believed Darren Wilson's version, and I did not believe the accounts of these supposed eyewitnesses, especially given how unlikely it would be that what they were saying actually took place. Although I did leave open the small possibility that the witnesses were right, and Darren Wilson really was a cold-blooded murderer, right? I I said it wasn't impossible that that was the case. I said it just wasn't very plausible. And in fact, Based on the preliminary investigation done by the police department, Darren Wilson was, in fact, justified in shooting Michael Brown. That's what the initial police investigation revealed. It's only because of all the protests, which were because the shooter, Darren Wilson, was white and the victim, alleged victim, Michael Brown, the person he shot, was black. If 
both these individuals were black or if they were both white, then none of this would have happened. Or if Darren Wilson had been black and Michael Brown had been white, we we would have no grand jury. The only reason that the grand jury is looking into this is because Darren Wilson is white, Michael Brown was black, and therefore we have to have this investigation uh, otherwise, you know, it's 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 all about racism and the the institutionalized racism that is rampant uh, in white white America, particularly in the the police department. So we had an investigation, and the reason I'm talking about this now is because we've just had some of the results of that investigation leaked to the media. Exactly who leaked it and what their reasons were is up for speculation, uh, but the information is quite conclusive. And remember, at the beginning, these were the two versions. One version was Michael Brown, a gentle giant, right? A, you know, on his way to college, was just gunned down by a white racist murderer while he was surrendering. His arms were in the air and he was saying, don't shoot, I'm unarmed. Yet uh, Darren Wilson, who had been on the police force for six years without any apparent problems, I guess he had been containing his racism all these years, waiting for this perfect opportunity to gun down one black person in broad daylight in front of hundreds of witnesses, many of whom could have had cell phone cameras filming the whole thing as far as Darren Wilson knew. I mean, who knows how many opportunities he had to kill a black person, you know, at night in a dark alley where nobody was around. And, of course, you know, why did he just kill Michael Brown? Why didn't he kill uh, his friend? You know, if he wanted to kill black people, there were plenty of black people around. He could have killed some of the witnesses, right? Why Why just kill one? But in any event, that was diversion. White racist cop, guns down, surrendering a gentle giant uh, simply because he's a white racist, right? That was the one narrative that we're all supposed to believe. And, of course, people believed it all around the country. Hands up, don't shoot was the rallying cry, right? Because they all believed that Michael Brown had his hands up and was saying, please don't shoot when he was shot by this white racist cop. Why did they believe that? Well, because a couple of people claimed that that's what happened, right? Now, of course, what was Michael, what was rather Darren Wilson's version of the story? Well, Darren Wilson said, and we knew his version when I made these videos because uh, apparently a friend of his had called up a radio talk show and said, look, I talked to Darren Wilson. This is what he told me happened, right? And according to uh, this third-party account of Darren Wilson's story, right, Darren Darren Wilson had seen uh, Michael Brown and his friend walking in the middle of the street. And when he pulled up towards them, right, to get tell them to get out of the street, uh, Darren Wilson, uh, Michael Brown, rather, attacked Darren Wilson. He um, jumped, attacked him through the open window of his patrol car that he had rolled down, right, to talk to them, that he punched him repeatedly, that he reached through the window and was trying to grab uh, the officer's gun. And that the gun went off in the car. And then uh, Michael Brown ran away. The officer got out of his car to chase Michael Brown with his gun drawn, uh, that Michael Brown did stop and turn to face the officer. And when the officer ordered him to freeze, Michael Brown charged him And the officer shot in self-defense because he had to stop a charging Brown who had already uh, hit him, gone for his gun once, and now was charging him even though he was telling him to stop. And he didn't stop. So that was the policeman's version, 
right? We didn't have any of the forensic evidence yet. We didn't have all the eyewitness accounts, but we had those two competing narratives. Now, from my perspective, the officer's version made a lot more sense. I mean, that's the one that was more reasonable, especially if you think about the car. According to Darren Wilson's, I mean, Michael Brown's buddy, Darren Wilson reached out from his car and grabbed um, Michael Brown by the throat and was trying to pull him into the car. And Michael Brown was struggling to get away. Now, to me, that made no sense. I mean, if you're a policeman, right, and you're going to stick your arm out the window of your car, and if you're, you know, if you're right-handed, right, and you're in the driver's seat, it's the left arm you're going to stick out. So this policeman reached his left arm out of the car and tried to grab Michael Brown by the throat. Why anyone would do that makes no sense. But he was pulling him into the car. Why would you want to pull this six foot four, 300 pound man into your patrol car on top of your lap? I mean, what what would possess uh, Darren Wilson to try to pull this kid through the window into his car? Right. I mean, I don't think any policeman has ever tried to do that yet. And also just physics here. You got a six foot four, 300 pound guy standing up. And a policeman sitting down in a car is going to reach his left arm up in the air, grab him by the neck and try to pull him into the car. And this guy couldn't push himself away. He's standing up. He's on two feet. He's got all the leverage. He's got both of his arms. The fact that he couldn't break free, none of that made sense. The only thing that made sense was that it wasn't Michael Brown trying to get away, but Michael Brown was trying to get in to the patrol car and the officer was trying to stop him. That made a lot more sense that he was trying to pull him through the window with his left arm. So none of this made any sense to me. So I said at the time, it's most likely that um, the officer's version is correct, but I'll keep an open mind. I'll wait for the results of the investigation. Well, now the results are in, at least unofficially. And the results conclusively prove, conclusively prove Uh, that Michael Brown was not surrendering, did not have his arms up, was in fact charging the police officer and did in fact repeatedly strike the police officer and try to take the police officer's gun, right? Let me go over some of the results, the forensic results that we now know from this investigation, right? Number one, according to the blood evidence, right, there was blood on Michael Brown. According to the way the blood apparently splattered, the autopsy concludes that Michael Brown was moving towards the officer, not away from him. They can't tell at what speed he was moving, but they're saying that he was moving forwards as he was shot. So that would support uh, Officer Wilson's account that he was charging. He was moving in a forward direction. He was not running away. And of course, all of the shots entered Michael Brown from the front. He was not shot from the back at all. Remember, some of the initial eyewitness accounts stated that he was shot in the back as he was running away. Well, we now know conclusively that he was shot in the front and he wasn't shot while he was in a stationary position and he wasn't backing up. He was shot in the front as he was approaching, moving towards the officer. That's number one. Number two, they examined the entry and exit wound of the bullet that hit him in the upper arm. And according to the forensic study, based on the way the bullet entered and left the the arm, it was impossible that Michael Brown had his arms in the air with his palms facing forward, which is how you would surrender, right? You raise your hands up and your palms are facing outwards, right? Your palms are not going to be facing towards you. They're going to be facing away from you. And according to the autopsy, 
based on the way he was shot, it is impossible that his arms were raised above his head in a surrender position. So that would contradict the claims of the eyewitnesses that say that he was surrendering. Well, the forensic evidence says that he was not surrendering and he was moving towards the policeman when he was shot. But the most damning evidence of all is the fact that Michael Brown was shot at extremely close range in his hand. He was shot in the thumb. Now, remember, Darren Wilson claimed that Michael Brown was trying to get his gun. Well, he was shot in the thumb. How is somebody going to shoot you in the thumb? Right? Well, it's because your hand is right near his gun. And in fact, according to Darren Wilson, the first time he tried to pull the trigger, it didn't even go off because Michael Brown's hand was jamming the, the mechanism, so he couldn't even fire. So there was a struggle in the car for the officer's gun. And why was there a struggle in the car? Because Michael Brown was trying to get into the car to grab that gun. And he had already punched him repeatedly in the face and scratched him. And in fact, according to his testimony, he almost was unconscious from the blows. So Michael Brown is beating this cop through the window, punching him in the face and trying to get his gun. And he almost succeeds. And Michael, and, but the officer is able to uh, wrestle control of the gun and fire it. And it's only after the gun fires and Michael Brown is hit in the finger, in the thumb, that he now flees. And there's blood all over the inside of the patrol car. Michael Brown's blood is in the car. And Michael Brown's blood is on the officer. So clearly they struggled in the, in, in the car. And so we know Michael Brown. And again, the other evidence that we had at the beginning, I forgot to mention, was that we had the surveillance video of Michael Brown uh, committing a strong-arm robbery uh, in a convenience store just moments before this incident, which also you know, is one of the reasons why I was more likely to believe the officer's version, knowing that this guy had just robbed the convenience store in the violent way that he did. He clearly did not appear to be the gentle giant that he was portrayed to be, and he certainly may have been um, likely to be suspicious of policemen knowing that he just robbed the convenience store. And and so when this policeman pulled up next to Michael Brown, and of course he did in, in the investigation, he it did show that he was aware of the robbery. That's why he pulled up close to them. When he first saw them, it was just to get him out of the street. But after he radioed in uh, the situation, he also... Yeah, realized that they matched the description of the people who had just robbed this liquor store. So he did he did know about that robbery uh, when he approached these two with his vehicle. But he tried to get out of the vehicle, which makes sense. You wouldn't try to pull somebody into a vehicle. You would get out. Well, he tried to get out, and that's when he was attacked by Michael Brown, who you know tried to get his gun. Now, he didn't get his gun, right? He didn't succeed, but he gets shot in the finger, Right in the thumb, and now he's running away. Now, what is this policeman supposed to do? Right? He's just been attacked by a robbery suspect. So now he's not just a robbery suspect. He has resisted arrest and assaulted a policeman, maybe attempted to murder the policeman. Obviously, he can't just let that guy go. And he also testified, too, as to why he went for his gun initially when the guy uh, was trying to beat him through the window because he was sitting on his uh, his club, right? He couldn't get that because he was sitting on it. And he didn't want to risk using his pepper spray because the range was too close and it might have incapacitated him. So the only thing he had was his gun. But now this guy is fleeing. 
So he has to get out of the police car. He gets out with his gun to tell the guy to freeze. You're under arrest. Stop. And then what does this guy do? He charges him. Probably he knows, well, now I'm really in trouble. I mean, not only did I, did I you know, rob the store, but now I've already resisted arrest, assaulted a policeman. I mean, I'm going to be going to jail for a while. I'm not a juvenile anymore. I'm 18 years old. This is the real deal. I can be going to jail for the rest of my life. So he probably made a decision. Look, I'm not going to jail. I'm not letting this guy take me along. I'm going to charge him. I'm going to beat him up. I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm going to, th- I'm a big guy. I'm a tough guy. He's not going to shoot me or he'll miss me or whatever. And, and that's what happened. And, you know, why did he make such bad judgments? Why was Darren, Rees, uh, Darren uh, Michael Brown making such you know, bad decisions? Well, one reason was he was stoned. Because as a result of the toxicology report, he had uh, um, marijuana in his system or TCP or whatever it is, THC. But whatever he had, they concluded that he was smoking pot within a couple of hours of the incident. So the fact that he was smoking pot may be partially responsible for why he made the poor decisions that he did. But the point is that all of this evidence contradicts the narrative. Now, when the evidence was initially released, right, the civil rights, um, you know, leadership and the people who have been protesting are saying, well, we don't believe this because it contradicts what the eyewitnesses are saying. So we don't care about the forensic evidence, right? Because we know what the eyewitnesses have said. But here is something else that nobody is talking about. There are more eyewitnesses that back up Darren Wilson's version than that back up Michael Brown's version. In fact, there are more black eyewitnesses. There are at least seven, I read, black eyewitnesses. Black who say that Michael Brown did not have his hands up, ever. That he charged the officer. That Michael Brown was the aggressor. And that Darren Wilson shot a charging Michael Brown in self-defense. And those are the eyewitness accounts. Now, why are these eyewitnesses not speaking up? Because they're afraid. They're afraid if they speak up, they're going to get beat up. Why? Because snitchers, right, uh, get stitches. That is the mentality. The mentality in these communities are the cops are the bad guys, and you don't rat out your own citizens to the bad guys. So the people that actually saw the event and know what happened are afraid to speak up. The only people who will speak up are the people who want to make up a story because they want to side uh, with Michael Brown, and they want to paint the policeman is the villain, even if this is, is not the case. My belief, and it was at the beginning, that these eyewitnesses are lying, right? Or either they, they're, they're just reporting what they, what, they, what they wanted to believe happened, that they've been so biased uh, by the hysteria that what they're saying is not really what actually happened, but what they somehow have talked themselves into believing has in fact happened. But I don't think these witnesses that um, are testifying or that went public with their account have much credibility. I think the witnesses who are afraid to speak out have much more credibility, not only because their story makes sense, but because everything they said is backed up by the forensic evidence. Everything that Darren Wilson has said is backed up by the forensic evidence. But nothing that the protesters have said, nothing that these so-called eyewitnesses have said is backed up by anything. Now, the question is, all this evidence is out. Why are people not apologizing? Why aren't the civil rights leaders 
uh, saying, you know what, we we had a rush to judgment here. Uh, you know, it turns out that Darren Wilson is a good guy after all. He's not a bad man. He doesn't need to be in prison. He was just doing his job. That the bad actor here was Michael Brown. Why can't they say that? Why can't they condemn Michael Brown? Because he's black and therefore he is above condemnation. Nothing that he does is wrong because he's black. Why can't they exonerate Darren Wilson? Well, because he's white and therefore he must be bad. But I think more than that, right, it's the narrative. The elections are coming up. The midterm elections are coming up. And the Democrats, blacks in particular, but Democrats in general, are using this Michael Brown shooting shooting to rally support. They're trying to say, look, this innocent young man would not have been killed if more blacks showed up at the polls and voted. The problem is we had too many white people voting and they're voting for other white people. And that's why there's so much racism. That's why you're hurting. That's why you're oppressed. That's why you can't get a job and you're unemployed because white people are oppressing you out of racism. So we, we've got to go and, and show our support for Michael Brown, right? He's the new face of the civil rights movement. I talked about that. He's like the new Martin Luther King, which really denigrates the memory of Martin Luther King, people comparing Michael Brown, a thug, to a real civil rights leader like Martin Luther King, right? Trying to equate the two. They don't want to admit it. They want to hold on to this narrative, even though they know it's false, that shows you the, the, the sheer hypocrisy in this civil rights movement and of the left, knowing, knowing that Michael Brown was guilty. He's a criminal and a thug, and he assaulted a policeman. And Darren Wilson had no choice but to shoot the, his, the attacker in self-defense. They can't come out and say it. You know, they're still talking now about how they're afraid that when the official grand jury investigation is concluded and they don't indict Darren Wilson, they're worried about riots. Well, why should there be riots? You know why? Because the civil rights leaders, instead of saying, you know what, we had an investigation and it turns out we were all wrong. We all made a rush to judgment. We just assumed that, um, that Darren Wilson was a bad guy because he was white. And we assumed that Darren Wilson, I mean, that Michael Brown was a good guy because he was black. Those racist based assumptions were wrong. Collectively, we in the black community, we were all guilty of racism. We need to apologize for that. We need to apologize to Darren Wilson. We need to apologize to Ferguson. We need to make amends for all the riots and the looting, right? Because Darren Wilson did nothing wrong. The Ferguson Police Department did nothing wrong. It was Michael Brown who was the bad actor. They can't admit that. So they have to deny it. And that's why there's going to be more rioting and looting. Because when this, when, when Darren Wilson is not indicted, it's just going to further confirm, right, that it's a racist society. Because the white racists in the grand jury refused to indict another white person, even though there must have been overwhelming evidence of his guilt, Right. The grand jury ignored all that evidence anyway, which, of course, they did not do. But that's how the civil rights leadership is going to approach this. And then whose fault is it going to be? You know, this should be a simple thing to come out and say, hey, we got the results. We got justice. And justice is that Darren Wilson doesn't get indicted, that he doesn't get tried for a crime he didn't commit. The crime was committed by Michael Brown.
And then you got Michael Brown's parents out there, you know, oh, you know, my son's life was taken from him. You know who took Michael Brown's life from him? Michael Brown's parents. They're the ones that raised the criminal. It's not Darren Wilson's fault. It's not white people's fault that Michael Brown's parents raised the thug, raised the bully. You know, look, look, listen to that, this. I was reading from my own YouTube channel. And this is a guy from a month or two ago that commented in one of my videos. We, we made three, I think, YouTube videos taken from the Peter Schiff show where I was talking about the hysteria and the racism and the rush to judgment regarding this Michael Brown shooting. And one, this, and you know, this, here's just one guy's comment, and it really much sums it up, right? This is one guy that commented on my YouTube channel. He starts out, Peter bitch. So he's calling me bitch right off the bat, right? I got like two minutes into your bullshit and stopped because I realized just what type of person you are. Okay, so he realized the type of person I am. Now, what, what type of person is that? I'm a rational, thoughtful person who makes decisions based on evidence, based on facts and probability. I'm not, not simply based on race like, like this guy, right? So he doesn't like the kind of person I am. And you can read this whole guy's comment up, on, uh, up on, my, on my YouTube channel so you can see what he said. I mean, the guy's name is Drama City. I know that's what, I mean, at least that's his handle on YouTube. There's no, uh, a picture of him. It's on, you know, it's, it's on, and the video that he commented on is the one that's titled Michael Brown Coverage Full of Racism Nonsense. And anyway, though, he writes a bunch of nonsense, but here's the best part. At the end of his comment, right, he says, um, oh, let me, let me go back to the beginning. Um, Peter, bitch, I got like two minutes into your bullshit and stopped because I realized what type of person you are. No one knows truly what happened that day. Right, I said that. No one knows for sure, right, or we didn't know. But we do know that an unarmed black male was gunned down by a white cop. Yes. And that more than four people stated that Brown was surrendering. Yes, four people stated it. They may not have been telling the truth. And we now know that seven people said that that wasn't the case. Right. So we got more people saying that he wasn't trying to surrender than that said he was. But the fact that he is unarmed is meaningless because he was strong. He was armed with his fists and he tried to take the policeman's gun. In fact, I've read statistically that about half of the policemen who were shot are shot with their own gun. So just because somebody isn't armed doesn't mean they can't arm themselves with your gun. And when Michael Brown was charging Darren Wilson, Darren Wilson knew that if that guy, that six foot four, 300 pound kid, got to within arm's length of him, that he could have grabbed his gun and shot him. He tried to take his gun once and, and failed. Why is the guy going to stand there and give him a second shot chance? Let him succeed. But here is, you know, the end of what this guy wrote. And you can, you know, again, there's more than just that. But here's how he ends it up. He says, I am black. Me and my friends used to beat little white boys up just like you in the restroom in school on break. So here he's admitting that he and his other black friends used to target little white boys, not even big white boys that could fight back, but little white boys. And in a group, just beat them up in the bathroom you know, during break. So, and he doesn't like the kind of person I am, but he's the kind of person that beats up little white boys for fun. And oh, he's a good person, right? But he doesn't like the kind of person I am. And then he says, do you know why? Right? Do I know why he, be, he and his friends beat up little white boys? Because we felt like it was payback from the racism we took from the so-called police. 
I don't know. Now, I mean, I don't know how much racism uh, these kids were getting in elementary school or were they beating up white boys in high school? I'm not really sure. But what they're saying is, hey, we thought that the policemen were racist to us. And so we just randomly picked out white boys and beat them up as revenge. Now, who is the racist here? Right. (laughs) But he's writing this stuff trying to defend himself and criticize me. But this is the type of mindset. This is the type of thinking that permeated this situation from the beginning. But what's even worse is what is going to happen now. And of course, it's been silence. Why doesn't President Obama, why doesn't President Obama come out and say, you know what? The evidence seems to indicate that Darren Wilson is a good policeman. He was doing his job. And Michael Brown was a criminal thug who unfortunately got shot attacking a policeman. Why doesn't he say that? You know, President Obama, right, his popularity is at an all-time low. He needs black support. And they need blacks coming out to the polls. The Senate, right, the Senate is in jeopardy uh, of falling to the Republicans. So they need black turnout, which is historically weaker during these midterm elections. And they need to encourage blacks to get out and vote. And what is the biggest vote rallying cry they've got? It's about hands up, don't shoot. Michael Brown is an innocent little kid and we need to stop white racism at the ballot box. They don't want to destroy that narrative. So they want to maintain this. They don't want to come out. The president doesn't want to risk alienating any any black voters by telling the truth. So he deliberately right allows a lie to continue. Maybe even there's going to be more looting. Maybe some people might die. Who knows? But none of it matters if it advances the agenda of the left to try to get more blacks to the polls so they can elect more Democrats or, in particular, more black Democrats, because that's the only way, right, that we're going to solve the problems in the black community is by voting for liberal blacks to make the laws to counteract the rampant racism in the white community, just like the racism shown by Darren Wilson when he gunned down this innocent uh, child. Uh, because he was a racist, right? They want to keep that going. They don't want to admit that it was a lie. And, you know, part of the fear is, hey, if this is a lie, maybe they're all lies. And, of course, they're waiting for the next uh, Michael Brown, right? Because this is, believe me, there's going to be another situation where there's going to be a black who is shot by a white. It's going to happen, right? And again, when it happens again, none of the facts are going to matter, Right. None of the real witnesses are going to matter. It's all going to be about the narrative. Right. It's all going to be about victimizing the black person and vilifying the white person in the name of advancing a civil rights and a political agenda. And the reality is none of this is really going to help uh, with the problems. I mean, one of the reasons, apart from bad parents, one of the reasons that Michael Brown grew up the way he did was a byproduct of the welfare state. Because of the war on drugs, because of the minimum wage, because of all the things that the government does to coddle, right, uh, people with welfare and food stamps and break up the families and, and, and cause so many young people like Michael Brown to be raised uh, by their mothers only with an absent father. Um, all these things that we do, the result is we end up with lawless uh, kids, uh, uh, thugs, no respect for the law, no respect for private property, and they end up getting shot. Now, am I saying that he deserved to die? 
No, nobody deserves to be shot, but he died as a result of his own actions, of his own consequences. He should not have robbed that liquor store, right? He should not have assaulted a policeman. He should not have charged a policeman who had a gun, even though the policeman said, freeze. If somebody, if a policeman is pointing a gun at you and tells you to freeze, you freeze. If you don't freeze and you end up getting shot, whose fault is it? Right? And we have to hold individuals responsible for their own bad actions. But it doesn't make you a racist. Just because initially I sided, right, with Darren Wilson and not Michael Brown. It wasn't because I was a racist. If the races were reversed, if Darren Wilson were black and Michael Brown were white, I would have come down with the same conclusion. If there were a bunch of white people claiming that Darren Wilson, a black policeman, was a, was a, was a uh, racist and he gunned down uh, Michael Brown because he was white, if all the other facts were the same, I would have supported the policeman's version. Because I'm looking at logic. I'm looking at uh, probability. But the protesters are looking purely through a prism of race. And the other problem is the, the, the media. People are afraid. People are afraid to speak out. A lot of people thought the same thing as me at the beginning. But they were afraid to say something. Because if you speak out against it, then you're a racist, right? Oh, because I believed uh, Officer Darren Wilson's version, that makes me a racist. Why don't I believe Michael Brown? Why don't I believe the witnesses? Because it didn't make any sense. It was completely illogical. Their report just, you know, did made no sense. And now you have the forensic evidence that backs that up. But I was expecting that to happen. I knew that version was like impossible for me to get my arms around. But if you opposed it, right, if you say, then you were a racist. If you didn't support the left-wing, you know, contrived version, this narrative of the gentle giant being murdered by the racist cop. If you didn't subscribe to that, then you yourself were a racist. And I'm wondering now, who's going to speak up? At least some of the headlines and the stories that I'm reading are honest in their assessment of the findings of uh, the, the toxicology report, of the forensic evidence, and they are showing that, hey, at least the evidence, and now these new unnamed witnesses really show that the story that everybody believed initially is not true. There's really no condemnation of any of the protesters or the people who rushed to judgment. It's simply a statement of the facts that, hey, the evidence really doesn't support the narrative. But, you know, everybody is also writing a lot of these articles about, well, we need to prepare for the violence. We need to prepare uh, for more rioting or more looting. Why? Why should they have to prepare for that? You know, why wouldn't the community be relieved? Why wouldn't Ferguson, right, the protesters be relieved to know the truth? Because the truth is that there wasn't an innocent young child gunned down by a racist cop, but it was a cop doing his job, and there was a criminal who was shot in the act of committing a crime. I mean, isn't that better? Isn't it better that a young innocent person wasn't gunned down? Wouldn't society like to know that? Gee, we don't have to be afraid for our lives that we could just be walking around and a racist cop is just going to decide to execute us. Isn't it better 
to know the truth. Now, black parents can tell their children, don't worry, you're not just going to get gunned down. I mean, if you don't, you know, attack a police officer, if a policeman tells you to freeze, if you just freeze, then you're going to be okay, right? That's better than saying, you know, you're going to get gunned down no matter what you do. Don't even go out of the house because if a policeman shoots you, I mean, if a policeman sees you, he just assumes shoots you as look at you because it's so dangerous out there in a world filled with right racist cops. No, the truth is much more comforting to the people in a black community. But the truth is not comforting if you've got an agenda. If you're trying to portray right a false narrative because you've got an ulterior motive, if you have a political ends and just pretending right that a uh, young black child was gunned down by a white racist cop is your means to that ends, then yes, you are very troubled by the findings. Because obviously the civil rights movement, the people leading the, the, the protest, they hoped that that was the case. Now, why would somebody hope for that? Why would you hope that a white racist cop would murder a sweet young boy? Why would anybody hope for that? Only because the ends justifies the means. It serves a purpose. They did not want the truth to come out. They were afraid that the evidence would not purport this myth. Right? There are plenty of people who are lying, and I wonder if some of these eyewitnesses will recount their testimony. Is any of them going to be charged? You know who should be charged here with a crime is Michael Brown's buddy, who has already lied to the police in the past, and people just totally you know, overlooked the fact that this guy had a history of lying to the police, and now supposedly he's telling the truth. But he should be a charge for perjury, obstruction of justice. That's what should happen. But, you know, of course, instead of being relieved, they're still going to be demanding a uh, prosecution, maybe a federal indictment for violating Michael Brown's civil rights. How were Michael Brown's civil rights violated? They weren't. He attacked a policeman and he got killed. Darren Wilson, it didn't matter to Darren Wilson whether uh, Michael Brown was white or black. You know, I think what was more relevant was that he had already tried to shoot him once. He tried to take his gun. He had punched him several times in the face and almost knocked him unconscious. The fact that he was six foot four and 300 pounds was probably a lot more important than what color he happened to be. But Michael Brown actions, his actions got him killed, right? Not the color of his skin. It was what he did that got him killed. But they they don't want to admit that. This, uh... The, the autopsy, the forensic evidence, the toxicology report, the statements of other black eyewitnesses contradicts this narrative, and they want to pretend it doesn't exist. Even if it means more rioting, more looting, even if some innocent people have to die to preserve this false narrative so they can feign more outrage. Yep, what's important here is the politics. It's driving more blacks to the polls, get them riled up, get them believing that they're all victimized by white racists and the only salvation lies in the ballot box and only if they vote for the liberal Democrats, maybe even black liberal Democrats, so that they can uh, have have any chance of overcoming the white racist cops that are basically typified by Officer Darren Wilson, that there's all these white racist officers ready to shoot blacks, uh, gun them down in cold blood, and the only way that we can protect ourselves is to vote for these liberal Democrats or black Democrats who will legislate 
away all of the racism and all of the other problems, the poverty, the unemployment, all those problems are also due to the racist activity of all the Darren Browns of the world. And we're never going to have any any success uh, in the black community until we elect the right people and rid ourselves of the racism that in reality is actually going to further undermine the standard of living of the people who are so upset, apparently, about all of this racism. Mm-hmm.